Alrighty then, ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday night. Welcome back to Rick the Wrestling Dad and his boys. It is time to cut them down a weight class and bump them up in age division. So he can get in an easier bracket. <laughs> bump them up in age division? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. at Fargo. Yeah, at Fargo. You know, it's oh, like... Do the old junior one oh six. You cut down to, one, you cut down to like 98 and then go juniors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is not a bad thing. You, you only got 11 people in your bracket, so you win one match and you AA, baby. <laughs> there you go. That ain't a bad See? idea. And then you double bracket them. You double bracket them in oh, juniors you, and seniors. You got... You need, uh, <laughs> Your punishment ain't wrestling good at cadets. We're you're wrestling tomorrow. Get to cutting. <laughs> Back to juniors. We're gonna oh, get that. We're coming home with that stop God. sign, no matter what. Has your guys have have either of your guys' dads ever made you wrestle an ex? I feel like you you there you have some story about this. Um, don't you? no, no, I don't think so. I probably should have. But I didn't, no, because I just hated wrestling, though, at that age. Was your dad ever like, you're going again, son? <laughs> no, no, no. No, at least not that I remember. And Dave, I probably if you're out there, I know that's not what you sound Actually, like. Actually, he, he does listen to this podcast. He does? Okay, so well, Dave, I, no, I, know, no, no, no. I know you'd never do that. No, he would. He, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. He didn't do it, though, I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> if, if he did, Dave, I had have. a lot of reservations. <laughs> I really hated wrestling until, like, later, later, like later high school. We talked really? about that last week. A little last bit. Week, I don't actually. think I was a senior. So why are you my brother surprised? said I was a senior, but hmm, you were a senior. No, I think my brother says I didn't like it till I was a senior. I didn't not cut weight until I was a senior. So well, know. there you go. Which oh boy, hey, speaking of which, here's the deal. You know, my wife has been listening to the podcast. She's been motoring through through them on Podcoin. Download uh, Podcoin. Hey, Jazzy, and listen and rack up your Podcoin points so you can get free stuff. Still bonus, right? Still bonus episode on Podcoin. Rick the Rass and Dad and his boys. Search for us. And uh, my wife has been telling me that I argue too much. Can you believe that? Uh, you do argue for no reason a lot of times. <laughs> and change arguments halfway yep. through. And then, yeah, you slowly do a hot, you know, like a, a, a slow boil into a totally different argument. <laughs> but I will say this. You're very good a, a at slow it. slow boil. You're very sleek, yes. You're well, very sleek with it. I'll take that. I appreciate that. We call them all slow boil. Appreciate you. Rick, whatever Rick's last name is. Rick <laughs> slow, dad. slow boil. My dad. last name is Dad. <laughs> Rick the wrestling Dad. Um, yeah, I, I've been known to argue a bit. You know, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to hold back a little bit. I'm gonna try to keep myself in check. I'm gonna try to argue a little less. Have a little more fun. Well, I mean, we do need some because we always we generally agree. She did say it's pretty much you two against me. Yeah, is basically the theme yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, because you have stupid right. thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> and you're and uh, stupid opinions. And you're a communist. Mm. Yeah. Well, on that note, Coach Etherton. <laughs> My co-host, Mr. Smooth GD, sitting right next to me. Next to Mr. SGD is Drew. I almost called him Drew. Jeff. He wishes. He wishes his name was Drew. The body, the pride of Stockwell Street, <laughs> Rutledge. Um, Mr. SGD, tell us what our sponsor is tonight. All right. Well, our sponsor, I mean, they just keep getting better. Last week, CNC Produce. This week, we have... Mountain Dew. Thanks for sponsoring the podcast. A little Mountain Dew Liberty Brew. I believe this was probably brewed for the 4th of July. And uh, haven't actually had it yet, but... Do you um, brew pop? Yeah, Mountain Dew it does, Brew. Yeah, li- Mount- Liberty, Liberty Brew. Liberty Brew. Yep. 
So uh, <laughs> go go to the store, and before you can't get it anymore, get some Mountain Dew Liberty Brew. Yeah, I'm gonna yes. become. I think I'm gonna start becoming a pop home brewer. <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> do my making my own flavors pop. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple different carboys down in the basement <laughs> making up real just different kind of pop. Like r- you're running some illegal, some illegal uh, soda there. Oh, that is interesting. Why is it that people like a diversity of beverage when it comes to alcoholic beverage, but when it comes to soda pop, is- you 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 go to the store, you go to Taco Bell, you're only well. Taco Bell's a bad example because they have like four different kinds of Mountain Dew. But you go to McDonald's, you got your average six kinds of pop. Well, I would think it maybe has something to do with if you drink a lot of soda, uh, it's very unhealthy for you. And if you drink a lot of brew, some would say it it heals the inside wounds. <laughs> but that's just what I heard once. Right. I don't know if that's. Oh. I don't. God. I don't condone that. That's just what uh, I've heard. I so, choose. Mountain, Mountain Dew Liberty Brew. 50, what's it say on there? 50 flavors. 50 that's, flavors. That's way too many flavors. I thought my favorite soda outside of Mountain Dew Liberty Brew is uh, Dr. Pepper, and that has only 23. So maybe 50 would be better, or maybe it'd be, maybe that's just a suicide. They're trying to one-up them. Maybe that's a Actually, suicide Actually, they're of, trying to 27 of brew, up them. You know, like when you did that as a kid. Yeah. Here's the deal. We better get to some wrestling because we're about five minutes into the cast. Yeah. Maybe and, let, uh, introduce the comment and then oh. we'll, we'll make a oh. yeah. best comment. Yeah, yeah best comment. We'll, we'll so whoever gets comment. the best comment, you are going to win this gently used uh, chapstick skin protectant classic flavoring that I found in my suit jacket from a wedding that I previously attended. Is that SPF? I believe that- it's 15. Okay, not bad. Yep. Um, Something. it doesn't say doesn't that, say. so, well, uh, been on Drew Etherton's lips, yep. whether that's a good so, thing or a bad thing, we'll let our I'll listeners decide. I'll give it a little test decide. out right here. More than likely not a great thing, Well, but we don't know. It has melted a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't look great. Hmm. Well, well, Coach Rutledge, now that we've got our sponsorships and giveaways out of the way, tell us what we're going to be talking about on the cast tonight. We're going to talk about wrestling records, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of them out there. Which ones are good? Which ones are uh, maybe you'd call stupid records to have up on the uh, old wall as you walk down in the hallway? Get the in some old wrestling. record board. Yeah. And then, uh, hey, the classic debate. We've made it. This is episode 10. Pretty sweet. Episode 10. We've done this 10 times. And, uh, man, I've had fun doing it. 9.1. But, yeah, we're about to have done it 10 yeah, times. Yeah, we're going. All right, fair enough. We're kicking. Uh, but we're we're here. We made it to the, the classic freestyle versus folk style debate. Let's get into that a little bit. Talk about some women's wrestling in high school, high school women's wrestling, and then maybe some who would win. All right. Well, so I believe that uh, I was the caster. That's what we like to call ourselves, casters. We're podcasters for short. Um, that brought up the idea of the stupid records. Here's where I was going with that, guys. I saw a guy post up on his social media a little while back about his son's fastest pin trophy. Ooh. The old fastest pin trophy. Big fan of the fastest pin. I got my son out there and I had him throw him in a head and arm. And squeeze it and pin him in under three and a half. No messing around out there. Make this one quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, so I figured the fastest pin trophy, I came up with a better name for it, guys. 
It's called I Wrestled the Worst Wrestler of the Tournament Trophy. <laughs> oh, they should actually give that out. And then make the, the worst better, wrestler at the tournament give it to him. It's a more apt description of what is actually going on. Okay, so fastest pin trophy. Not a big fan of it. Not a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, what's the I fastest, don't know. What's the fastest pin that you've ever um, seen? I don't know. Four seconds, probably. I mean, I feel like you, if you it's less than three seconds, it's not. it can't be real. The guy falls over. The guy literally falls to his shoulder blade, jumps to his shoulder blade. I can see three seconds, maybe. You, I, gr- I had a six-second pin. Uh, I was you did? Coaching, no, no, no. I was coaching a wrestler. It was the match to qualify for state. Now, Nebraska wrestling people out there know Class A can sometimes be on the weaker side at the district tournament. All right, okay. maybe that's a debate for another mm-hmm. another day. But I don't think that's a great. I don't think that's a huge debate. That's pretty well known. Okay, fair enough. So I have a wrestler. He, I believe, lose first round. He has a bye, and then he has a wrestler um, for the match to go to state. And he was wrestling 112 pounds, I believe, was the weight class at the time. And he was wrestling somebody that weighed 90 pounds. Like he was, he was. He couldn't win. Just a horse at 103, so he wasn't the varsity guy at 103. So he weighed, uh, yeah, 90, 85, 80. I mean, he was tiny. Yeah, and it was literally. And my guy like knew it was. He was amped. He was like, I know I'm gonna make it to state because there's absolutely no way that this guy can beat me. And it was just like tweet, boom, pin. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we celebrate. I'm like, wow, what yeah, did he do? Good Head job. throw. Uh, no, I think he just like did a hip toss. He literally just grabbed him and threw him down. Yeah, I mean, like he put him to work. what else? What else? What else can you do besides just grabbing a hold of the person and throwing them to their back? But I'll tell you what, it was very fortunate that he had that opponent because now his name is on the record board. Touche. Okay, so he's got his fastest pin trophy. Also, did co co coincidentally probably wrestle their worst wrestler in the tournament. That is one hundred percent accurate. Okay, um, so. Let's let's get some other trophy. Let's get some other awards thrown out there that uh, might most I don't know. escapes. So it's like you got taken down a lot, and then they maybe let you go. What if you were? What if that's a skill though that you had to acquire? It's like, I mean, I bait this guy. As, <laughs> it's not really as. Uh, How would you I would develop say, that skill? Get taken down and then get an escape. Like, yeah, like negative one every time. No, I mean, it's a me- the- it's a psychological well, warfare. You are baiting the guy into thinking hey. that he has to cut you every time. It's a psychological warfare. You tick him off so bad he doesn't even want to pin you. He's I mean, like, you nope, see I'm it. cutting him. You could <laughs> see it to where a guy's really good off bottom and the other guy's very good on his feet to where uh, you end up getting a lot of escapes in a match. <laughs> but um, uh, maybe I've had that from personal experience. <laughs> yeah. But... Man, I thought that's not something that shows your usually that shows uh, wrestling superiority by so, escapes. Now, being able to escape is a good thing, but the most escapes, it's probably not going to be your most successful wrestler. I would be like, I'd be interested to see if someone who was the best wrestler on a team also then had the most escapes. If we lived in an alternate world where everybody tried to turn their opponent when they were on top and everybody tried to always go for the pin when they're on top no matter what then you could have the record of most escapes 
Because that would demonstrate yeah, would the guy. Something more. That would demonstrate the guy who's the best at knowing how to get up off bottom. Yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people seem to, for some reason, and I think we're going to get into this here in a second. This might be a nice segue. Um, you just wanted to use that word. Yeah. Uh, is it segue or sedgeway? That's Seg- which one's the one where you ride on two wheels, like a Paul segue? Blart. Segway. I believe it's both, actually. Paul Blart rides on a Segway? Yeah. Or a Sedgway? Let me add one more thing on this little escape thing here. Uh, my, uh, There was one season in high school where I, in one single match, doubled my escapes for the year. And let's just say that match didn't go great for me. So, yeah. So I had 14 escapes on the year, and I believe I had seven escapes in my final match that season. Let's go so, back. Let's pour a I little don't know salt how in much the room for our listeners. Coach... Uh, Coach E over here, he happened to have been the, the most winningest wrestler in Nebraska history at one point no in time. He had the no most doubt. wins, which is actually a very good record, I think, is, you know, to have a eh. win record. Um, that's a record that's that is worth a good keeping. Record. All right, that's a great record. Now, he happened to have bumped up and wrestled in a weight class with uh, undoubtedly the best wrestler that year. In the state, Un, unbeknownst to us at the time, future world team member, future world team member Rayvon Perkins. Yep. And the year before, he was world team member in Greco. Let's let that be known. Coach E was uh, very close to beating him. He lost by a thin margin. He, he just, you know, he got that eye of the tiger look in him. That was my he the year before, the previous okay, year. Yes. The previous year. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Junior year. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So he got the eye of the tiger, and he's like, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to go bump up, and I'm going to make it happen. Didn't want to be dehydrated is probably what happened. (laughs) Okay. And uh, so we're super excited about this matchup. It's going to be a great match. And all of a sudden, old Mr. Perkins takes him down within like the first two seconds of the match. And the previous time they had wrestled, uh, Kochi had grambing him for five, I believe, maybe two times. Yeah, the last two, the two times we wrestled previously, I had om- I put him on his back a few times in the match from bottom. Oh. So for some reason, he decided. Well, that I don't, um, know, I don't know if there's for some reason. I think it's pretty apparent. <laughs> I'm not why. going to play this top bottom game. I am literally going to take him down and then cut him, and and he did it unmercifully. Yeah. For six minutes. Well, and then it got worse because it's like. Now I'm desperate because I got taken down three times, and I'm like, no, now I got to do something. So then it got worse. It was probably one of the more painful matches that I remember watching. <laughs> it was pretty. Good. <laughs> I remember the first takedown, and I just go, and he cuts me right away, and I go, oh, he figured it out this time. <laughs> <laughs> at what point? At what point like, that match hey. were you like the, I'm fir- in the first takedown when he cut me because. He was always, I guess he would have been, te- I don't know if this is true, but people have told me that he was telling people he can ride me. And, he was, and I was like, oh, sweet. This is like, please keep thinking. <laughs> Which, he, he, I mean, he wasn't bad on top, but I was like, that's yeah. that's where I had an advantage. And then uh, when he cut me, I was like, ah, he's not going that route. <laughs> I remember This his- could get messy unless I can pull something off. Well, but, which I had almost done the last time. From my feet, so I don't know. We'll see. So let's. No, let's well, yeah, we did see. We, did, <laughs> yeah. we won't. We'll yeah. see. So we'll see we if we just go back and watch the tape, which I've never done. We'll see. So hey, I don't we'll know see. If that's. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess. I would, I'm gonna. What would you do if he said, "Hey, I'm gonna give you one more shot, but it's in Greco." Um. And 
I'll let you have it, but I have to try to ride you folk style. First off, he's huge now. What's he weigh? What's his weight class? Uh... He's, he was, I think he's uh, 70 kilos, he Ellis, isn't he? He's Ellis Coleman. No, he's, he's well, maybe that is, is 70. I think that's I think 70 something. That might be 70 kilos. Yeah. I'm going to look um, it up. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he says, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a minute where I have to ride you, folk style. Oh, he would ride me. And 71 then, kilos. And then after he would that, for sure ride we go me Greco for a minute He would on for sure feet. tech me in <laughs> 10 seconds. <laughs> but, you know, the old, the old bull's got to take one more shot. I think I, I know. I think get him. I'll, I'll limber up a little bit. You're the same oh, weight. He's 156. Seriously? Oh dang! That's what dude. He's rematch. way bigger. Let's he tweet must at cut him. a bit. To oh, get tweet we'll at him. See if we can make, make this happen. That set up. Well, charity event. No, thank you. That's <laughs> for, that was for charity that's for be, the. You ooh. wouldn't. You wouldn't do it for the kids. I will do anything for. I would wrestle him for five dollars, but I have to get five dollars. <laughs> Because okay. he'll tech me in. This will go to the Drew he'll other tech charity. Tech me in no time, which I am okay with. All right. Well, but he could also like throw you on your spleen or something. Yeah, I think I just give it up real quick and then <laughs> just let him gut me a bunch. <laughs> hey, getting gutted doesn't feel good either. Hey, no. Back to uh, the fastest pin, real back quick. To, back to the fastest pin. So I would agree with you that that is a <sighs> terrible uh, record or trophy to get, but I think the. A cool one is the most falls in the least amount of time. Okay. Most Can falls, you, least amount of time is a great award. Are, okay. you guys, are you guys dripping by chance? Great right? award. Because no, I'm, I'm not dripping I'm in sweat. Um, and no, that, I, I completely sorry for my agree. Unprofessionalism, and people. old uh, Adam Keyswitter, our buddy who, uh, common listener to, yep. the, to, the, common, to the show. Common follower. Uh, Division II Gregorian Award at the Division II National Wrestling Tournament. I believe five pins. Um, that's insane and in in a short amount of time so that is an excellent record yeah that encourage, that actually encourages so then we're about to get into this right now that encourages wrestlers to want to try to complete the goal of the match as efficiently as possible the goal of the match is to pin the other wrestler and so it encourages wrestlers to go for that as Harden as fast as they can. That's, uh, in my opinion, a great award to give out. Um, so let's use that as a, as a, a little uh, transition or a segue <laughs> or a segue mm-hmm. um, into the idea of taking guys down and letting them up. It's a little bit of a hot topic within the wrestling community. Maybe it's not actually. It's that actually not hot. a hot it's, topic. Maybe it's not that hot of a topic. I think no. we're gonna ruffle a lot of feathers because I think it's mostly commonly accepted that that's like the cool thing to do is the most takedown award. We actually don't really agree with that. We uh, would be on the side that if you can take somebody down ten times in a match and all you're doing is taking them down and letting them up, taking them down and letting them up, are you really getting any better at? takedowns if if that's an area you need to work on i do think it matters who the wrestler is like your dad used to let me do it because i need to work on yeah my neutral wrestling and so i would take but i wouldn't like just cut them like a lot of people do in more of a shall you say unsportsmanlike way when the match is close like or when the match is not close like, I'm okay with hard cuts. I'm okay with cutting people that way. When it's a close match and you're trying to wear them out and that you actually, like, the closer the match, 
I'm I'm way better with the hard cut and to make it rough on them, get on their head as you cut them. But if it's one of those things where you can probably just take this guy down a lot, then I'm not I'm not for that. I think what Coach Rudd is maybe saying, correct me if I'm wrong, Coach R, is if you can take a guy down 10 or more times within the time span of six minutes, is that really improving? Is that really helping improve your takedowns? I mean, if you can beat a guy that easily, that that bad, is that really improving your takedown position? Whereas it's like you're so much superior to that guy you know, that's not really going well, to... If you could take him down of, and you could just pin him, that's the difference. Rayvon took me down eight times in that match, but... Well, I said ten or more. That was more... <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. But, but that that is more of a... That was a strategy. That's, complete, that was, that's completely yeah. different. What we're talking about here is So it's chase, not all... It's not what we're just talking about is chasing records. So yeah. the really, really stud wrestler... Who goes out there and takes guys down, lets them up, takes them down, lets them up, takes them down, lets them up, takes them down, lets them up, knowing that you could pin them in the first period, but instead they're chasing a record. And whether that's right or wrong, I guess it just doesn't sit very well with me when your sole purpose for wrestling is to achieve a record, especially a record that I think would actually harm your ability to improve in the future. That that. Um, by chasing takedown records, you're not spending the time that you need to getting better in the top position, which as we watch high schoolers transition into college, you've got to be proficient in all three positions. You've got to be able to get off bottom and you've got to be able to ride. And if you can incorporate turns into your game, you develop uh, as a more complete wrestler and you're a lot more appealing to college coaches and you're going to see a lot more success at the higher levels. And you know, some people might try to use my argument against me. What I was kind of saying earlier was like, if you can just take a guy down so easily that you almost like don't even have to try to take him down, is it really helping improve your takedowns? Well, a person could maybe try to use that argument against me and say, if you can turn a guy super easily to his back and flop him on his back and pin him, is that really improving your top game? Well, I would say two things in response to that. First of all would be, if you're just never in the top position at all, Regardless, you first of all, you just don't really know how good you are at it because you just don't have any experience in that position. And I think that's the issue that a lot that you're describing here, Coach Rutt, is that a lot of guys run into this problem where it's just like they're just literally never there. So it's like they don't even know like the body feels of being like in on the mat wrestling on the mat mat wrestling. And so then they get into college and it's like because they weren't they're they're like not experienced in the feeling of the of those positions it's hard for them to then dramatically improve all of a sudden in those positions um so that would be the first thing that i would say and then the second thing that i would say to it is is when you're thinking about sportsmanship like we talked about a couple episodes ago which seems to be more sportsman taking a guy down and letting him up 15 times or pinning him in 15 seconds to me if it were me now, this might sound, I guess, I don't know. It's, it's weird to put yourself in that position, but I would rather be pinned quickly than being than getting taken down and let up. Which is a reason why some people do it. It's because it's more, a lot of people would say it's more dominant, which that's an argument, but 
that's not the goal of wrestling. That's well, like that's like that's a football team. Is, I mean, it's yeah, not quite I, as similar to what I'm about to say, but a football team's like, you know what? We can beat you so bad. We're gonna drive to the one yard line. We're gonna kick a field goal every time. No, I know, and that. we're gonna still beat you by forty. Yeah, and it's like, and is okay. that is that sportsman? Is that is well, that, no, yeah, is that it's display. not sportsman. Yeah. But I think some that's people a really good analogy. But some yeah. people don't care. And so, I mean, just by saying it's not sportsman, like I think a lot of people don't care. About I think that. in the football community, a lot of people would care. But in the wrestling community, yeah. for some reason, people don't care. It's yeah. not really an issue that gets yeah. brought up a whole lot. Has that ever happened where a team has actually driven to the one yard line and kicked a field goal? I every did time? it on NCAA football once. Okay, so oh, nice. Yeah. Wow, yeah, just you're one see of those how guys. many field goals my kicker could get. But that is, I think that's actually a great analogy. People would, if that actually happened, that would probably like make national news. Yeah. yeah. If a team did that, that would probably make national news. In my opinion, that's not that far off of what guys are doing when they're taking guys down and letting them up the whole entire match when they could very easily pin the guy. The goal of wrestling is to pin the guy. The goal of football is to score touchdowns. It's a pretty good analogy. Well, I mean, wrestling is to hold another person the same size as you on their back. I mean, when you get to the very root of wrestling, I mean, animals do it. Dogs do it. You know, you see, like, cats and all that. The wildlife they wrestle too Mm -hmm. with each other and it's to pin them and that's kind of where that's where wrestling comes from so if that's the goal then i i don't see why people just think that like this one aspect like oh i'm just really good this one thing i'm like well that's not the sport the sport is that's like that's like someone who's really good at stand-up and mma but then when they, they go to the ground they're not very proficient it's like well that's not the idea of MMA. You should just do kickboxing or something. Yeah. Go, going back to what you said earlier, and this is going to hopefully not take us on too far of a rabbit trail, but you said, you know, well, so, yeah, people will do stuff like drive up like drive up the score in football or take a guy down and let him up in wrestling or whatever because it's like, well, I don't care. That's their problem. I'm doing I'm doing me. I'm doing my thing. I don't care. And it's like, well, yeah, that that's the definition of sportsmanship, right, is – caring about the other person's experience in sport as well as your own yeah right like that's to me i don't know at least to me that's a simple working definition of sportsmanship and so it's like you know people that's one thing that bothers me a lot in wrestling that people do say is like if you're not man enough to take it then don't wrestle it's like well mm, i don't i that's not like that's not have have that person wrestle whatever world team member is closest to their weight and then be like, okay, hey, whoever you are, Jaden Cox, go do this to him. And then see how it feels. I think what's great about wrestling, and that is good about a lot of high school football or some high school sports, is they do have mercy rules, which I do think needs to be implemented. Like, we have technical falls yeah. in wrestling, which is good. Did, but you, did you see? Sorry. You no, 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 you're thought. good. No, so it can't get too bad in high school football in some states. I know in Colorado, my cousins played there. Their goal was to mercy rule every team by the third before the fourth quarter and they're state champs yeah and they did but it's not they didn't beat them 110 to zero they beat them 60 or 50 to nothing yeah and then it was over yeah in the third quarter and so it's like okay mercy rule that helps prevent to where you where if a team is too good then it's like okay we can't not score because this other team's so bad mm-hmm. to where it's like what do you want us to do down the ball is that more sportsmanlike yeah. or is that just like embarrassed you know yeah. At some point, it gets so bad to where I do think mercy rules need to come in yeah. in most sports. And that's a good, that's actually, I think that supports this exact same concept we're talking about. Is, is like, a, in some ways, pinning a guy and having the match be over with quicker. I mean, that's kind of like, 
you can't really have a better definition of the word mercy. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like pinning a guy that you're far superior wrestler to and having the match be over with quicker rather than just beating the crap out of him for six minutes. Like to me, that that shows more mercy. Like the definition of the word mercy rule is well, like that you're not going to extend pain on somebody. And it's the maximum team points for your team. You yeah. score more points for your team and a pin than you do in a tech fall. So we have won a duel on this exact yep. same thing where one guy, a Uh-oh. guy on the other team was taking one of our wrestlers down, let him up, taking him down, letting him up, taking him down, letting him up. He scored too many points when he finally tried to pin him. Our guy got off his back and we tied the duel and won on criteria. And it was a huge upset for our team. And it was because their best wrestler was, tr- I, don't, I, I don't think he was trying to embarrass our wrestler, but he was definitely just taking him down, letting him up. Well, And, and then that yeah. ended up us winning the duel and I'm assuming that guy did not feel great afterwards No, when he saw that. So I think it's score the maximum points for your team. If, if, it, if you're just that much better, then it's like, why would you not want that? I don't know. I don't, see, I, I don't see that's I, why the point. If you're, if, you, if you're one of those people that says, I don't care about the other person, that's that other person's, you know, whatever he feels, whatever, you know, is, is, is fine. Well, then you'd have to be on the side of that that mercy rules shouldn't exist, right? That yeah. that that a tech fall, we shouldn't have a tech fall. Yeah. What I was gonna say, which is, they used to not to. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna yeah, say. Is, yeah. is Gene Mills on Flow Wrestling has a sweet interview about how he basically tech falls came into an existence because he was beating people at the Olympic Games like eighty to two, like, and he would literally put people over the back and then let them up and then put them and see he would see how many points he could score. You got to go to Flow Wrestling, look up Gene Mills, and watch the oh my the, the video. It's pretty funny. When I really, was when guys, we were, a character. When we were refing in college, if a kid in like we'd go go ref at youth tournaments for money. Uh, if there was a kid that was just doing that to another kid, if the kid even sni- his back even sniffed the mat, <laughs> I would I would call it I would call it standing fall. And that's happened. And the other kid would get so mad at me. I'm like, oh, it's been. Like, and I'm well, just like, I'm not gonna let you do that. that to this kid. So I, I will. I want to go ahead. Do at least one more thing on this takedown bit. Um, I think, and we've talked about Max a little bit on this podcast, but he, Maxwell, he's probably been one of one of the best wrestlers that we've all coached. And one of the things that I think has I've seen the greatest growth and development is when he has been challenged on top. When the guy on bottom, and this comes from guys that he is way better than that he could tech fall probably in the first period but when we force him to do something that he's uncomfortable doing and that is aka riding and when i think he came his freshman year he liked to get the takedown and start scoring big time points but the the most development and and probably the thing that i'm most proud of watching max as a coach is his ability to ride on top now and to pin people because he just passed drew's record last year he's now had now is this spartan uh falls record um and his just ability to find a pin um against and, and it was it was frustrating at first for him because he knew it was guys that he should be beating by a lot worse but they fought him on bottom and he had to find a way and now you know three years into the program he's finding a way and in, in getting that feel to being able to put guys on their back and, and and pin them and that makes him a lot better um at the higher levels and it's going to I think is going to translate into a lot of success at the college level. Now, we've already kind of alluded to this, but just to be clear, we do we are not completely against cutting a guy. There are definitely 
circumstances that we believe merit letting a guy go and going back to your feet to wrestle. Number one, if it just involves strategy because the guy's really good on bottom. Um, there's a lot of different situations. I mean, we aren't even against the idea of a guy needing to work on his feet. But typically where we're going to say that a guy needs to do that, if we think he needs to get more experience on his feet, it's going to be against a guy that can put up a little a little bit at least of a fight against him. It's going to be a guy where he's going to have to work for those takedowns. And it's like, okay, yeah, cut him and let's get another one. Oh, you had to work for it. There's cut, just, cut him and let's get another one. You know, There's a big situation we, we've all seen coaching where we need a pin and a duel, and they, our wrestler is, is a better wrestler, but he's not very good on top, where he's not going to pin him from top. Or, the best way for him to pin him is to take him down to his back. And so there's been a lot of times where we've had guys do that, where it's like the, the best way for, to get a pin here is to take, to take him down, to his back, and if you don't get him to his back, cut him again yeah. and try it. Try it a few more times. There's there's a lot of reasons to cut people and to uh, just take him down, but you can. I think you can. You you know it when you see it when it's something you shouldn't be doing. Especially I think you see it when people chase takedown records, which is uh, I don't I don't know. So I don't think any of us are for. Let me ask this question. To, this is kind of an interesting question with regard to this whole topic. Why does the majority of the wrestling community disagree with us on this issue. It would seem that way anyway. I mean, there are people that there are people that probably agree with us, but it, it would seem that in conversations that we've had over the years, most people are just kind of like, yeah, take them down, let them up. Like, what's the big deal? You know, get some guys like to wrestle on the feet. Some guys like to go takedowns. I, I think it comes from a sincere desire for a kid to get a lot better. And I think when you see somebody that's so dominant at doing it, you think, oh, I want to be like them. I want to I be able to develop my skill like they are. And just because you see somebody do it doesn't mean that, oh, yeah, they got really good at taking people down because that's all they do, mm -hmm. right? And I think, I think it comes from, hey, I want to develop and I want to be a stud and all studs are really good on their feet. And, and let's be honest, like most guys that are really good at the sport of wrestling are pretty good on their feet you know and so that is a, an important position but i think when you think a little bit deeper when you think about overall complete development of of the parterre position and then also um when you think about sportsmanship that got brought up in this conversation there i just don't think people have thought about it long and hard enough to be able to you know form a different opinion from yeah. from from what they initially had. That, that's what I feel like. I feel like a lot of parents and coaches that I talk to that push back on me on this, and I guess this is sort of a, this is a cop-out, but it's like, I just feel like a lot of them haven't really spent that much time actually thinking about it. It's just like, hey, you you know when you when you see if it's your kid out there that's the one that is getting taken down and letting let up a million times during the course of one wrestling match you know that, that that feels that feels difficult like that feels difficult for you that feels difficult for him that feels embarrassing so i don't know it's just interesting i just feel like a lot of people maybe haven't spent that much time actually thinking about this issue and i think the the sport of wrestling is you know to pin somebody's shoulders down to the mat is a form of dominating another person right and so we have that feeling of like domination is what you have to, you know, learn as an opponent and as somebody that's going out in there and doing it. Your desire is to go and dom and to go dominate. And so I think that 
that oftentimes we don't think any anything more of it. I'm dominating them. They're learning from that domination. That's the only way that they can learn. But I think when you dig down a little bit deeper and think about that person's perspective um, and overall development, that that finding the pin on against a kid that you can take down 15 times is the better. Well, option. and it's well one to, to come back against that. I mean, and you you know this, but people will say, oh, well, you can get caught and pinned. You can't get caught and teched. And to an extent, that is true, but also the point of wrestling is to pin them to where I do think a lot of times the guys who do just take them down and let them up are not maybe that good on top. Maybe they can't. Maybe they can't. I, I had a teammate in college who was not good at pinning, but could take him down and could turn him, take him down, let him up, take him down, let him up, turn him. He could not pin people. And so he, <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about, maybe, but he, his... His thought was, and the and what he put off was like, yeah, I'm dominating him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tech him all the time. I'm gonna get the most techs. And it's like, I don't think you actually, if you had to pin him, you actually could pin him. I just, I think you're trying to cover that up to, by not being a pinner by just saying you want to tech guys. And again, most amount of team points, and it's the most to me, it's the most dominant form of winning in wrestling because it's worth the most points. I don't know. No, I thought yeah, it's good. Um, all right. Oh, hey, one last one. Yep. Stupid records. Near fall for two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one. I want to chase that one. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> one, two, three, four. You like forget? No, you like, like, oh, crap. Up. oh, crap. I almost made it to five. Near here. fall Ooh. for four. That was hey. a close call. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would God. almost just say near fall in general. Stupid. I think we put that in our stat book, don't we? We do. <laughs> we do. Please we take it pops that up out. on track, Please take on that track out. wrestling. Near fall oh for three gosh. is dumb. No, that's not dumb. Yeah, you should get one a match. And actually, you shouldn't even get that. You should, if you're the most dominant, tilts, you take bro. them down and pin them. We're like good and crop. Okay, but what, if, okay, if you tilt them, but you could pin them, would you not just pin them? Well, in college. The most dominant thing, you would not get a bunch of near fall threes. In college wrestling, it's a four. lot easier to get a near fall for three than it okay. is to get a pin. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying it's not a dominant, it's not a dominant record. It's I, an I inferior record. Well, yeah. Near it's, fall for well, two is it's definitely be, an would, inferior are you, record. If you're asking me would I rather have the most pins record or the most near fall for three record, yeah, I'd rather have the most pins record. But still. The goal to turn somebody is essentially, I mean, not every turn, but to turn them, if you could pin them, you'd probably choose to pin them. Oh, yeah. Okay, so then it's but an inferior record. Inferior to most pins, yes. But, but I think not. there's a, f- superior and inferior records, and that's an inferior record. Same as escapes, same as takedown for two, or same as well, same as same as takedowns. I would say reason, takedown records is an inferior. The record. The reason why escapes is an inferior record is because you're not performing a skill to get the escape if a guy's cutting you. Well, no, so that's well, what makes he's that, cutting you. Yes, that's what makes that an inferior record. But but near fall for three, you're still is there something superior a, to that in the same category? Yeah. yeah, that's a pin. And I would rather have. The and most if somebody pins. has, yeah, but the guy who has the most near fall threes probably does not have the most pins. All right, I agree. Well, inferior record. I don't know about that. I think there's. I think. I mean, I don't know if this is where it's going. Well, I think can you at only, least admit there's probably only two records you should keep? Can you at least admit that near fall for three is a better record than most escapes? Well, yeah, for sure. Okay, so. But it's. But it's also you're admitting that there's degrees of. Yeah, but it's inferior. It's still not a good record. It's a but it's superior to escapes. Okay, it's like okay, all, it's in the category. Don't do this. Rights. I'm getting annoyed See, right now. This is what he's doing, and he's egging me on, and I'm just not do not. I'm 
Oh, so it is superior to Doug crap. Is that what you're telling me right now? Would you rather have... You just want to say superior. Would you yes, rather it is have superior. the near fall for three record Gosh. or a flaming bag of dog crap on your doorstep? Which would you rather have? <laughs> no. What, no. What, what did the dog eat? That's the main question. <laughs> yes, I got him. I won. No, you didn't. Oh my god. Hey guys, gosh. just we're halfway through the podcast right. and we we need to get some comments, get, all right? There is a yeah. Drew's chapstick, guys, chapstick, chapstick on the board Who's here. Who's going to win the chapstick? I really do not want to give this up, so Who's going to win the chapstick? Um all right, let's move on. Let's talk a little folk versus a little free. Folk style or freestyle? Go. In what? Like Just say folk style or freestyle. Folk style. Okay? Coach Rutt? Folk style. I am also folk style. I'll say this. For the first time ever, Watching NCAA wrestling, watching the NCAA championships this year, March Madness, I was getting so annoyed with the challenges, with the calls that felt extremely subjective. I, Do not. Al- I almost, I said to Tervell once during NCAA championships this year, I said, I almost, I'm almost to the point where I feel like freestyle has become almost more objective than. No, that is the style. most ridiculous statement. Dude, the NCAA championships were brutal this last year. They the were- number of challenges, the number of calls where the coaches. You know exactly what they're arguing. In freestyle wrestling, there's three judges that put up different numbers as to how it should be scored. In folk style wrestling, you're arguing, is that a takedown or is that not a takedown? Right? Is that That's what you're talking about. You're talking about uh, the DeSanto match. Yep. Okay. You're talking about uh, the Mark Hall match and Valent. No, wait. Uh, who we also that? got Fix, yep. Soriano. That's headgear pull. Well, that was headgear pull, yeah. Well, That's a rule. Stalling was the big thing that really bothered me a lot. Yeah, stalling so, rules so, so subjective that it literally... More subjective than a correct throw call? Well, okay, maybe those calls are similar, but for whatever reason... Similar? The, but, I mean, in their in their subjectivity. But, but the... But... To me, it seems like the correct throw call happens way less than the stalling call. I mean, yeah, that's also a subjective call that I don't like in freestyle. I'll give you that. But it's like, but at least it's not happening constantly every single that, match. That's a recent the, rule that will probably be changed at some point in the future. It could be near future. It, I was so fed up with the stalling calls and the 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 difference in the way that they were called this past college season it drove me insane now i didn't feel that way in high school and during the high school season but dude i mean that stalling call has to change yes for sure did it did they change it or did they modify it no i don't think so and i don't know i i i'm just i'll disagree with you i don't think it was that bad just know this if you go out of bounds you plan on getting hit for stalling if you don't get hit for stalling then you're lucky well then heavyweight wrestling has just totally changed like heavyweight wrestling is sumo now if you're if you're sam stole 
Why you don't you don't have, don't do anything? Just push. He literally did it to Mason Paris, and and it was like stall call. He almost got stalled out of the match, and then he kept doing it, and then they started calling Sam Stoll for stalling for doing the when he exact, was doing the exact same thing, exact same thing. And I mean that was that was the most one of the most frustrating matches I've ever watched in my life, and it's ruined now. And maybe it's I don't think it's nearly as bad at the lower weights or at the middle weights. I don't. Well, yeah, they can those move guys better. Are better. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that was so frustrating come, come to watch. To our side, I know. Things. I know. You, you got. Yeah, that, that's admit, a good point. I do think mostly, the sh- mostly the bigger guys and especially heavyweight is where that rule really is. It really upsetting. I'll at least say this: I like high school wrestling way more. I like the high school wrestling rules way more than I like the college wrestling rules right now. I agree with that. I'll at the least reason say that. why they had to change it was because the referees were too scared to call stalling. Yeah, but, and that, but and now that's it's like fine. That's fine. And now this is where you and I have had this argument before, and I know we're not in agreement on it yet. I'll probably win you over one of these days here because I'm so good at arguing. <laughs> um, I I would be I hate stalling so much because it is so subjective and it changes the outcome of so many matches and it changes the situation of so many matches when a guy is ahead by one point at the end of the match and then all of a sudden the match is tied and now the match is a completely different match in the last 20 seconds or it puts a match into overtime or it makes a guy lose or there it's so subjective and it gets called so much and it's so and it's so hard to understand why one ref calls it one way and the other ref calls it the other way go to a push out and I realize that that changes the game of wrestling a little bit. Makes and it the ma- mat way smaller. It makes the mat way smaller. And it does add some sort of a kind of sumo-ish aspect to the sport. It's at least way more uh, objective than stalling. But it, it gives... it That takes away the referee's ability to say, Sam stole. All you're doing right now is pushing, and I know that. So how about you actually wrestle instead of just push? It gives a coach, and now the referee in that match was not doing that. It was giving him stalling, stalling, stalling. He was about to be stalled out of the match. But it at least gives somebody an option to use their common sense to say, hey, all you are doing is trying to shove him off the mat. You should wrestle instead. Whereas what you're proposing is for Sam Stoll to get a point every single time. Well, or at least Mason Paris feels way more of a sense of urgency of getting his butt to the center. I, I definitely think he's felt a sense of urgency when he almost got DQ'd. Yeah. From a guy, from a match that he beat two weeks before at Big Tens. Yeah. And that was like, and he was favored, and it was, I mean, watching that match, he's not trying to not wrestle. He's literally trying to. To scoot he's around, and he's just big. getting, he's so much yeah, smaller. Yeah, but, but at least, and maybe Sam Stoll wins that match because he's better at pushing the guy out, but, yeah. but at least... And then he didn't AA. At least yeah. we now have, at least Mason Paris now knows what to train for. But you did not, no, no, but hold do on. you not think at he least, didn't know at, that already? No. At least Mason Paris knows now what to train for, no matter who the official is. Okay, so, so, but you don't think give he, it, because he, that because that he, same official then called Sam Stoll for stalling, like you said. I know, and because it's like he Mason doesn't Paris know is what like, he's doing. And Mason Paris is like, yeah, thank you. It's about freaking time. But That's he already what, was already already given up. I think. I mean, was it three or four points by then? It's like, well, the match. I mean, it's thanks now. But like, the point is, is maybe Mason Paris didn't. Maybe Mason Paris didn't really. 
come on. Like, no, it's hold at on. the national tournament. No, no, no. He's no, wrestled no. heavyweight already. You don't for think a they've year. worked on circle your butt to the center? No, you don't think Michigan does that twice. But here's my point: is maybe the coaches are like, okay. Stoll's probably going to try to underhook us and drive us out. We need to circle our butt to the center. We need to work on that or whatever. Hey, but I could have told him. But that. but they're like, but the coach, but the Michigan coaches are thinking rationally in the mind of an official with common sense, the common sense that you're talking about, saying, okay, but at least we know, common sense wise, that if an official just sees Stoll just only just trying to drive us out, drive us out, drive us out, they're going to at least call Stoll for stalling. Right, but, or, or, but they or we're will, not, or we're not going to get the stall. But here's back. the thing: is the first few times they will call it on Paris, and then when so like, but by that by the time they're like, oh, this is all he's doing, it's too late. Mason Paris has already given up four points. Like it's like, oh, well, now you recognize it four points later. No, or three I, points. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't exactly I think remember. That's, how I think this only supports goes. my point: is that it's insanely subjective. No, but. Because they're like, do we really DQ this guy? Like, like Again, I think it's ridiculous subjective. how many people get DQ'd from stall calls. I've never really seen it that often. Very handful of times, and I saw it so much this last year. Yeah. And again, it's that- ridiculous. Like, just because a guy can push you does not mean I'm stalling. If I wrestled, if I wrestled Travel as hard as I can, and he's like, my goal is to stall him out. He will do it very fast. No, I, yeah, and because and that's not stalling. That's him just pushing me out. And again, I just it, I think it's terrible. It's a terrible rule. I think it's just yeah. It, Make it more subjective, and then maybe just better education for wrestling refs. The I think the problem with that argument is is it's like yeah. I mean, we want you, you want to have better education for the refs and more consistency of calls, but. Some rules inherently lead themselves to just interpretation and refs. And no matter how much you try to like train every ref, each ref comes in with their own bias on how they view the sport of wrestling. And so it's like, I really value a guy who can push another guy around the mat and bully him. Uh, that's what one ref values. Another ref values, you know, a, a guy that, you know, shoots a lot. Another guy, a ref values it. Uh, you know, it's just. They all come with their own bias. And so it's like, that's why if the rule lends itself towards subjectivity, in some instances, I would say it doesn't matter how much you train the refs. Yeah, well, in in Karl Marx's perfect world... Oh, boy. Well, I'm just saying. Karl Marx's perfect world, it would be... Stalling is when they are avoiding wrestling. Whether that's you ding them once, and five seconds later, if they're doing the same thing, ding them again. Because they are stalling. They're preventing wrestling. And that's not the same thing as if a guy keeps pushing you, he could push you for four minutes. But if you're trying to wrestle, that's not stalling at all. And so that's one thing that I always get, I, I struggle with, is that a lot of refs, if they call stalling, they're like, well, he's got, he can do whatever he wants for 25 seconds before I can call stalling again. I'm like, no, no, if he's stalling again, call him again. Because he's still doing the same thing. That's like if you're speeding and they give you a ticket, then you're just like, well, I got 30 miles before they can get me for speeding again. It's like, no, I mean, if you're speeding, then you're speeding, so we're going to give you another ticket. And that's the way it should be. To whereas, if if they're not, if they're actually trying to wrestle, but a guy's just shoving them, or if a guy's literally has the legs in and is ripping a half on him and he's stalling, I'm like, like you got to think, is he trying to get out? Is he trying to improve? Or is he just laying there? If he can't move, then... 
And there's been so many times that I see a ref call stalling on one of our guys when the other guy has two legs in and a half and he's just ripping his shoulder and he's like, you got to move bottom. And I'm like, yo, ref, let me put you in that and then see if you can move, man. I mean, I was really, well, I really was cranking to... on it. <laughs> you weren't going over. I was trying to pin you, but you weren't turning. <laughs> and that, I couldn't. <laughs> that's where I think you need more refs that have wrestled at a higher level. And that, I know it's hard to get, but ideally that's, and again, Karl Marx's perfect world, that's what it would be. It's where it's like, well, I've been in this position. The kid can't move, so that's stalling. Or if a guy's just bellying you out and you can't move, that's also not stalling. I don't know. So that's my point Karl of contention. Marx. We got derailed a little that's bit. My, yeah, yeah, that's my point of contention as to why I almost borderline currently like the elite, the elite style of freestyle better than the elite style of folk style at this point in time. Give me your points as to why you would rather see folk style rather than freestyle. Well, one, I I think in every match that you can point out an injustice in folk style wrestling at the NC2A level, at the elite level, I could point out double that at the freestyle level. I think the subjectivity of three referees on the same mat calling all different points that was two and two no that was four zero no that was two two or that was two zero it's it's unbelievable i think there was a match i cannot think of what the specific match was but jordan burroughs tweeted out what the heck just happened and it was like if the best wrestler in the world doesn't understand what the heck just happened absolutely nobody understood why the score went on the scoreboard that did and and we just like move on and then the 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 commentators are always like uh not exactly sure how that score came up to be (laughs) it's like what the heck like at least in 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 folk style we're arguing is that stalling is that not is that a takedown is that not everybody understands the rule set but if the commentators of the sport don't know how the score became what it was then we got a problem on our hands (laughs) and that drives me insane insane that's probably a fair point because we're currently going through that right, that very situation right now to decide our world team between Yanni and Zane. Right. Where everybody was like, oh, wait, what? Why were the po- How did those points end up on the board? They were talking about on Flow Wrestling, on Flow Radio. They were talking about match between uh, Ed Ruth and uh, Ed Ruth and uh, John Reeder, where it was like it was like eight zero Ed Ruth. And then they reviewed it and came back, and it was like 8-2 reader. Yeah. After the review yeah. or whatever. It was like hip so It's like, like you yeah, win like by that. tech. Actually, <laughs> my no. bad, man. He, he, got, he yeah. wins by tech. It's literally like this. Hey, you, you're, you're up by so much, we have to legally stop this match. <laughs> Hold on. You're up <laughs> yeah. by so much that we legally have to stop this match. Mercy rule yeah, on both exactly. sides. Exactly. Yeah, um, that's, that's probably the best reason. To give another reason why I would say folk style is – just what is wrestling and the wrestling is not to expose someone's back wrestling is to pin them and i think that folk style wrestling puts more of an emphasis on holding another human on their back yeah whereas freestyle is like this like that's points where you just like if you just if you're on your butt that's pretty much two it was when i saw you for the first time ever in the lincoln east wrestling room where we used to yep. white boogers on the blue guys on the wall that's you'd be like reverse somersault over my back 
that's a pin and freestyle. That's a pin and freestyle. <laughs> I'm like, who is this freak hopped up on Skittles and Mountain Dew? <laughs> Speaking of which, I would thank you again to <laughs> yeah. Mountain Dew Liberty Brew. Liberty Brew. Sponsoring this podcast. I would uh, agree with Drew. on There's something about the pure control aspect of folk style wrestling, and that's why so many great MMA fighters right now, their main skill set is folk style wrestling. You don't see... Um, the you know Russian wrestlers have near the success that the American wrestlers do currently in the UFC because um, I think of because American wrestlers understand control better because they're more accustomed to it through folk style wrestling. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah yep. you could. Yeah, you could make a little bit of an argument there that because wrestling is so much more popular in Russia, that not as many wrestlers are getting into MMA in Russia. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate, but um, that's possible. But um, I, I, I do agree with both of you guys' point on the fact that, yeah, if you have two five-year-olds wrestling on the living room floor, it look, it, in my opinion, it looks a lot closer to folk style wrestling than it does to freestyle. Yeah, they're not like. It's not like I'm just gonna see if I can roll this guy over his back and then let him up. Your back went past ninety. <laughs> yeah. ah. Give me your toys. <laughs> What? Get your back past ninety. Dipped you. And I think the, I honestly think the only reason that anybody thinks freestyle is better, at least in the U.S., is because that's the world style. It's the I, I international say, style, and here's some, yeah. and it's that's if that's the the mecca of some, wrestling. Something I've found interesting, and this is you talk to most current American wrestlers that are. On, that are post-college on that are currently wrestling on the international circuit. And it seems like most of those guys want to say that they like freestyle better or that they would prefer, like, for college wrestling and high school wrestling to be freestyle and stuff like that. And it's just interesting as to why those guys, a lot of those guys say that. I would argue that I think it has a lot to do with recency bias. It's what they're doing now. And so they want to believe that it's better. That would be my argument, but I don't know. Well, and again, it's the Olympics. I mean, what's the goal as a wrestler to win the Olympics? More than the NCAAs. And that you have to be great at freestyle that way. Yeah. And and, and honestly, top-bottom wrestling doesn't translate into international wrestling. So that's where you get rewarded for being way better on your feet is no top bottom wrestling to where I don't know I guess it's so much it's kind of it's so different that for some guys like a Derek Moore who's so good on top like that's not going to translate your success is probably not going to translate nearly as well too yeah uh, I would argue that there are aspects of top and bottom wrestling that help you yes. become a better absolutely just, a- just as Greco helps yeah. folk style yeah uh, what would you say to this freestyle wrestling is easier than folk style wrestling I was thinking that you don't have to be in as good a shape. Think of a six-minute match. I don't know about easy. I don't know if easier is the word, but you don't have to be in as good a shape. I would say that well, would be an easier thing. Which actually is coming a little more more out of shape I am. Maybe I should start. Now, as easier. I like freestyle okay, more. I just I can't answer that question very well. Give me some more. Can you? Are you willing to give me a little bit more? Well, I think one one is just what Drew said. You have to be in better shape to wrestle folk style. You are engaging more muscles throughout a six-minute match in folk-style wrestling than freestyle wrestling. That that in itself would be means that it's easier. You have you 
burn less calories. The other one is the concept of having to fight and figure it out on bottom while somebody is trying to hold you down, whereas in freestyle wrestling, you get let back up to your feet. Well, I mean, there are aspects of folk style wrestling that are definitely harder than freestyle wrestling, but you got to make, you got to, right? You got to make that same argument on the other side of the coin. I mean, it's harder in freestyle wrestling to not let your back be exposed to the mat at all because that's what guys are trying to do. Or to, it's harder in freestyle wrestling to not just be rolled over your back because that's what guys are trying to do to you. Whereas in in folk style wrestling, you can just do it and it's no problem. It's no big deal. Yeah, like, I mean, it's getting held on. I guess I'm just... all The only point that I'm also, making is... Also, it's way easy to get teched. I mean, well, I think that's a great point of, like, it's easier to score points in freestyle. Yeah, it's easier to score I don't points. Have to, I don't have to grunt, push your head down, and get my legs back. I can just reach over here and throw you over your back and get a cheap two. You know what you don't well, see in freestyle yeah. is... 18 second techs or whatever James Green tech deacon in in, in folk style you mean yeah or in folk style yeah. sorry yeah you don't that's impossible yeah I think that's 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 crazy 10 points that's a good argument that when you can end it that at the quick, very least at the very highest level yeah that's a good argument that at the at the very least move it the, to 16 or something at the very least the mercy rule in freestyle is a little too low heck no I wouldn't want my legs broken for sick for a three more rolls well, well no, what they should do what they shot me at 10 bro no, but yeah. what they should do is just <laughs> limit it to two laces like they used to yeah that's yeah that's what they used to do i yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't be yeah opposed to that um with that being said how much i love folk style wrestling i think it is important to note that i love freestyle like i i, I do love the change i would never if somebody put a gun to my head and said folk style or freestyle i'd say folk style but I would never advocate ever for our wrestlers to not wrestle freestyle or Greco because I think there's a huge benefit at doing something different. Like Keenan already talked about how, you know, bottom parterre and knowing how to move your hips and defend a gut wrench can help you in folk style wrestling. I think Greco, you know, limiting the amount of tax that you can, t- uh, that you can take develops really good tenacity in wrestlers. I think our wrestlers that wrestle Greco kind of learn how to how to you know really shore up positions and how to get tough and you've got to match you know your limited amount of offense that you're allowed to use you've got to match it with raising your intensity and you've got to do everything right and it's got to be harder and faster and stronger and so I think as far as developing that tenacity that a wrestler needs to have on the mat Greco develops that and I I love I love freestyle wrestling um and I would never advocate for you know, only wrestling folk style, you know, 12 months out of the year. Yeah, and I, I'm the same way. Like, if, yeah, I like folk style wrestling more. Gun to my head, I'm choosing folk style. But it is cool to, like, it's cool. Like, I love, I do love seeing a cool chest wrap. Yeah. You know, it's like, that does change. Like, seeing Kyle Dake throw a freaking chest wrap into the sky is just awesome. Yeah. And, like, there's cool things that the difference in rules makes for these cool situations that you're just not really going to see in folk style. Yeah. It also makes but. it more fun to do. I think I think for people who are really focused on folk style, to wrestle free San Greco is probably like a nice relief to where they're not as some kids are not maybe as invested to where they're freer to wrestle. They're freer to, freer to make mistakes cuz losing it they don't probably take it nearly as hard as they would if it was a folk style match. 
And so I think that opens up creativity for some guys. I love like just going in the room and wrestling Greco with some of the guys or wrestling freestyle because it's it's just different and it's just I don't know. I just What's feel like the it's style more fun. that you developed? Oh um, yeah, with only legs. What? Oh, oh yeah, uh, penguin wrestling. Oh, penguin wrestling, also known as um, penguin wrestling, is great. Uh, also known. Oh gosh, what's the other name for it? Penguin um, wrestling, because I invented it. Dang it! What you do with penguin wrestling is you put a singlet on and you put your hands in the singlet and then you wrestle with no arms. We need to pull that up. Uh, there's reverse, a it's re- reverse Greco. It's re- <laughs> reverse, reverse Greco. Greco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, That's yeah. I was I was remembering there was some it's other the anti Greco. Something else. It's that reverse, we, Greco. reverse Greco. Yeah. It's, I knew there was another name for one, it. One, it's really fun, and two, it's so exhausting you would not think that wrestling with no arms is tiring it's way more tiring than probably the other styles of wrestling yeah it's tough i'll get a clip of that pulled up for next week yeah it's great um, go great to the Lincoln East wrestling vlog is it yeah it's in it's in one of my vlogs it's one of my vlogs i don't remember youtube you guys can find it um kids enjoy that one Reverse it's track. great so, and you should try it and it's fun and it, it burns the lungs we're so we're about out of time here so rapid fire um, we've already let's skip four and rap, let's go to five. Rapid fire. Well, just we're gonna rapid fire. It. We've already rapid Should, fired this. We did. Before. Oh, yeah. what? Oh, what, yeah, we, oh, we did. Okay. All right. Rapid fire. Then polar bear versus gorilla. Go. This is a really tough one. Um, you know, I've heard Dan Dalamali tell stories about the polar bears in Alaska oh my gosh. eating people. Um, but I just I do not. I have a really hard time seeing a gorilla ever lose yeah. in anything. Agreed. I, I don't think Guys, any animal. I used to be. I, here's the deal: polar bears are massive. They're is in my understanding they're have basically you seen they're basically about the same giant gorillas, dude. They're mountain gorillas. Polar bears are, are bigger than gorillas. Look it up. Look up weights. Give me some weights right now. All right. I'll, you look up polar bear. Polar up. bears are bigger than gorillas. I used to be team gorilla. I used to be the biggest gorilla guy on the face of this planet. I know you guys think I never changed my mind about things. I was gorilla times a thousand back in the day. Okay. I did a whole bunch of research on it. The large bears of this world would defeat a gorilla. Grizzly bear, polar bear, yeah. maybe even some yeah. black bears might be able to defeat a gorilla. The but gorilla might have a chance against a black bear. Some of the smaller black bears. Most bears, most of the large, which polar bear and grizzly bear are the two largest species of bear, oh, wow. I believe. Okay. Kodiak bear. Well, the, the polar yeah. bear is going to outweigh the gorilla yeah. by quite a bit. Exactly. But that doesn't mean anything. Oh, oh it means, yeah. It doesn't it mean that much. Something. A gorilla, okay. A, yeah. a, a, a polar bear yeah. can do like this. Like, that's about it. Yeah. I feel like a gorilla... Well, it could like rip its arms off. I feel. I think a gorilla is way stronger. No, a bear, no. a polar bear is just no. Bigger. A five hundred pound gorilla is not way stronger than a sixteen hundred pound polar. Okay, bear. it's not sixteen hundred. Like nine, like a thousand pounds for a polar bear and like five hundred for a gorilla. Five hundred's the biggest a gorilla gets, I believe. No, that's like the mean. Mm, is that what it says on there? Yeah, is that, the, is that what the Google's four, four say? Something. And then a polar bear is nine ninety. Well, okay. We'll just round up. I'm still going gorilla because I just have a hard time. Yeah, I, I don't see how gorilla. It's way too. That's like, that's like Jeff fighting just a really fat person. It's like yeah, they weigh more, and they're just like he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, they just do that, and then Jeff. Yeah, uh, and if Jeff's and main, Jeff, the only thing Jeff can do is a guillotine. That's all he knows. And if Jeff, 
Well, so I don't I'm know. Dang good. Yeah, at it. but if guess you could, what? If you, if you could learn if, a rear naked choke, if Jeff's good. main way of fighting it was to try to get a hold of it with his hands and bite it, that's not going to do a lot. A gorilla wouldn't bite it. A gorilla that's, would yes. like just that's their... heads off. <laughs> yeah. just twist its head <laughs> off. And then heads off. Hey, great oh. comment by Brett Labuti. He says, inside trips all day when Penguin wrestles. Oh, hey, by the way, it Brett, congratulations. Actually, what, he you got won, married? He won the chapstick. Oh, okay. Hey! Hey, Brett, one time I hey, actually this- was wrestling both of our 106-pounders this year in Penguin Wrestling. I tried to do a double inside trip, one to this way, one to this way. I did the splits and uh, hurt myself um, for the next week, well, so I wouldn't recommend a double yeah, inside trip d- at any point inside. in time. Well, if you double try to inside trip, now oh, a yeah. great move. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't feel good. No, it uh, did not. Brett, just DM me your address, and I will send you some chapstick. Or will you? Probably... Will you send it to him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Brett, he, if he really wants it. Hey, Brett, call his bluff on this. For the record, Shelly Turman has not gotten. You've got mail. Well, that's that cause because I'm going to deliver to her in person. Or as Drew would say, we've got mail. We've got mail. Now she's got mail. Well, that as well. Oh, also the cap is broken. Just figured that out. Okay, well, All right, well tape it we up go. before you All mail right. it to him. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been an honor and a pleasure. Make sure to subscribe and hit the uh, alarm bell right next to the sub little button to make sure you get this right as we go live because we put a lot of stuff at the start. That is riveting entertainment. So and Riveting. We- and subscribe on all podcast forms. We are wherever you get your podcasts. We are available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Over and out, ladies and gentlemen.